Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to the NS9 postgame show. I am your host, Anthony DiNardo. With me, we have Ty Ty. Ty Ty, we have a Pirates victory to talk about as well tonight. A pretty impressive game, mainly from Mitch Keller. But uh, this is a good this is a good baseball game tonight. So if we're in a trust tree here, I'll just I need to share a little bit. I've been without we're not internet. in a trust tree, but you can share. Well, we're in the trust tree. I, I trust our viewers to not go out and blab about old Tyler over here. <laughs> Tyler doesn't have internet or cable right now because we had a bad storm last night. So Tyler might have enjoyed some of this Pirates game while at a high school football game. <laughs> so what you're saying is you didn't enjoy any of the Pirates game. Some of it. Some of it. Fair enough. Yeah. What do you uh, want me to do, Donardo? The only thing I can do is watch it on my phone. And I'm chit-chatting while trying to pay attention. It's a lot of things going on. But yes, Mitch Keller did a thing tonight. He did a thing. What's more egregious than anything we'll talk about here going forward is you being at a high school football game. But I won't go there. I won't go there. Let's talk about this Mitch Keller start. Mitch mm -hmm. Keller is back, right? That's that's how the saying goes. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I was like, I guess it's hard to say, really, though, because we've seen him. I think we've seen him look really good a lot of times, but he hasn't looked as he hasn't looked dominant. There's still enough there that it's like he looks good, but the results just aren't there tonight. The results are there. I think in general, I, I don't think he's really looked bad at all this year. It's just for some reason, there's, I don't know, just something gets away and all of a sudden he's given up three runs in six innings. That's kind of fair. I mean, Grant, he had a very, very bad stretch. You want to talk about actual performance and numbers, a very bad stretch. I mean, it was like a five, nine-ish ERA in like 70 innings. I guess, but I guess but like, I guess what you're saying. Still, it's, it, the stuff still looked good. Just the right. results aren't there. Like he's still striking out so many guys, not really walking many. There were there was a minor stretch there, maybe a three, four game stretch where we saw him. I think the walk numbers started to kind of rise a little bit. But in general, it didn't look like he was as bad as like a five, whatever ERA. Yeah, like that's a good point. He didn't look as bad as the number suggested. That's 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 fine. What I want to say is to talk about this start a little bit. And like what we've seen, so the past two starts, he's been really good. But for the past yeah. two starts, he's been different, right? We saw last time the pitch mix was a little bit different. I mean, he's been known. That's one of the things we talked about all year. Yeah, you're struggling on that Wi-Fi, Doug. <laughs> Dougie Fresh over here. This um, is a hot spot tonight, my friend. Yeah, yeah, I can tell. No, I'm just, I'm just, just joshuaing with you. Um. <laughs> The big thing about Mitch Keller is like the pitch mix, right? He has like six legit pitches he uses. These past two starts, like it's not the typical Mitch Mitch Keller. It's not the four seam. He, he's thrown the cutter predominantly the past two starts. And today, that's definitely the biggest story. 36 cutters of the 93 pitches he threw. Then it was sinker, 29 pitches. And then it was the four seam at 21. And then a sweeper at seven. Like he has omitted the curveball and the changeup from his pitch mix the last two starts. 
And so, like, I guess, like, what I want to like allude this to here is Mitch Keller just keeps evolving, and like to me, that's what like I feel positive about him. About he's not a I'm Mitch Keller, and this is the only thing I can do. I mean, last year we saw him incorporate the sinker, right, and that's what got him through. And okay, he's he's a pitcher now again. And this year is like, oh, look at all these pitches now. He's he can strike people out. He's missing bats, and it's like this ain't working. Now he's evolving to that like like he's continuing to develop and find ways to become a good pitcher yeah and that that does make me wonder whether the four seam might have been why we saw so much of the shaky mitch keller where he looked good but it just it the results weren't there i'd have to dig deeper into it to be honest but regardless even last year you know we saw the four the Go ahead. Before just just to cut you off here, mm-hmm. because I'm looking at the numbers right now, and that that might be silly because the four seam has been incredible. Like okay. the four seam on the year has a batting average of 181 and expected batting average of 169, and that's including okay. the whole season. So maybe not yeah. that. <laughs> okay, probably not that then. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. Like it's it's weird. Like you see a different pitch mix. And like you just pointed out, the four seam stats. Like I don't, I don't really know what the difference is, other than maybe just sharper command, uh, maybe usage in different spots. But in general, I mean, the, you see mix and match of pitches, but really that's just going to depend on the opposition and what they throw at you. If they throw more lefties at you, you're probably going to see less of the, probably less two seamers. Um, so I don't know. It just, it's it probably just all comes back to command, to be honest with you. Like that's the easy answer, and that's probably what the answer is. That's fair. Yep. And uh, there was four lefties in the lineup today. To go to your point here, but um, again, like all in all, it's been a year and what two? What made June, July? So like a year and three months of Mitch Keller, right? When he's incorporated two seamer, we're talking about Mitch Keller being good now, and that's what I'm getting at. Like you just keep seeing him like evolve. It seems. This is again like this makes me feel very very positive about him. He's just going to continue to be a, a, a fine pitcher, and even when he struggles, yeah. he's going to find a way to get it back. Okay, if this isn't working, then I'm going to do this, you know. And like again, that's what makes me feel very positive about these two starts with him. Just like you said, like, and I I agree to the point, you know, like when he was struggling at his worst, he didn't look terrible. It's not like he looked like Rich Hill out there, or he looked like Oviedo when Oviedo struggles, right? He still looked competent. He still looked like a decent pitcher. Um, it just wasn't working for him. And mm-hmm. so now he's like, well, this ain't working. So I'm going to do this. And now this is working. So again, I- I'm just taking away from this start. He looked very, very sharp tonight. He definitely looked dominant. He wants to be out there. Uh, to that point, Mitch Keller takes a line drive off the shin in the eighth inning with one out. Looked like it hurt. I know you're watching a football game, but it looked like it <laughs> It looked like it hurt. Like he was, he was on the ground, feeling uncomfortable. Gets up, Oscar Ring comes out, and someone comes out. Like, All right, you know you've pitched eight point one solid or seven point one solid innings, right? Let's get you out of here, maybe. And he's like, Nah, give me this one warm up pitch that I have to throw. I'm good. Keep me in. I love this Mitch Keller. I love it. Yeah, it's not the Mitch Keller that I think we would have seen two years ago. No. 
No, he's he really had. We we can talk like all day long about the difference, just of the stuff that we've seen. The mentality is just completely different. He's a different dude. He's come a long way from North Shore Nine tweeting that he looks scared to death to be on the mount. No, no, no. That was Ryan's personal account. <laughs> uh, I think it was North Shore Nine. No, it was Ryan. Because I, I recall DK Someone fact actually. It is because DK qu- quoted, I think, and Ryan was going crazy about it because <laughs> everyone was in his mentions. But anyways, but at any rate, he's come a long way from then. Like maybe he's not an ace. Like he's not like a top ten guy in baseball. I'll take five Mitch Kellers every single day of the week. I know we say that about like a JT Brubaker, and you can win a lot of games like a good JT Brubaker of five of them. Mm-hmm. I'll absolutely take five Mitch Kellers. Like he's a very, very solid, probably two or three. He's just not at that top upper echelon. And that's, that's not a complaint. No, no, that's hard to be. It's hard to be a Mitch Keller. It's hard to be a very bad worst pitcher in baseball, Mitch Keller for one. It's hard to be that person. So to be a good Mitch Keller, he's at, yeah. Like if he's a number two, number three, like again, that, that's perfectly fine. Hopefully things work out. Paul Skeens can be that guy. And Mitch Keller lines right. up to be in a very, very good situation for him that he doesn't have to be that guy and still could be a very good top of the order rotation arm. Yeah. And if everything goes right for like a year or so, he can put together like a Zach Wheeler type of year. Sure. Sure. But it just seems like he's kind of on that career path. Am I wrong in that? I don't think you're wrong in that. I think that. There was a lot of well, you can say it for Mitch Keller. Like there's a there's a lot of stuff in Zach Wheeler, and of course injuries are part of it, right? But you, you saw things in Wheeler. Like he had talent, and once he left the Mets, you just felt like it was going to break out, and it did for the Phillies. Uh I don't know if I see it exactly in Keller, but there's still like it's not it's not like it's levels and levels above. It's close. Okay, that's fine. Just the thought I had. I, I've been a Wheeler guy. That's all. Yeah, that's true. You have. I've been waiting for Wheeler to break out. Good. Well, just hanging your hat on that, aren't you? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I will wait and wait and wait until. Hey I'm guys, I thought this top prospect would be really good. Pat me on the back. <laughs> Dork. I knew one day. No. Anyways, though. Um. But again, I mean, we can. I feel like anytime there's a good Mitch Keller start, we can make it a whole hour long podcast. Uh, let's not do that. But Mitch Keller definitely looked good today. Uh, it's certainly nice to see him turning and bouncing back around, right? We talked about people who want to see finish strong. Mitch Keller is certainly one of them. And so far, so good. Yeah. Just please get under a four ERA by the end of the year. Let's just keep it under a four. That way the year doesn't look worse than it was. That's just a weird mental thing I got going on. Yeah, I mean, I, it it would help finish out. Like he's at, it's at a four point oh one right now, so he certainly can. Um, I'll just say this: like even if it's at a four, I think we know what we're getting with Mitch Keller next year for the most part. The numbers are numbers for this year, but I still very feel very very confident about two thousand twenty four Mitch Keller, regardless. Well, I shouldn't say regardless, but I feel very confident about 2024 Mitch Keller. 
I think it comes back to I don't want to have this argument all offseason with people about how good Mitch Keller is when they just look at his okay. ERA and tell me that he's oh he's a four ERA guy. But you know what, Tyler? Dumb people are going to be dumb people, and it doesn't matter because know, it'll be three point seven five. That's not some weird stat. But three point seven five ERA also isn't that guy. That's true. We used to have this argument about Garrett Cole when he had like a two sixty ERA. <laughs> yeah, but it's not nice. Right. Okay. Dummies will dummy. Touche. All right. So let's move on from Mitch Keller. Let's get to the offense because the offense showed up enough. It was kind of like last night. Like the offense wasn't a total problem, but it wasn't terrible. Mm -hmm. But I can't say enough about two guys right now. And it's two guys that certainly performed tonight. Cabrian Hayes, once again, in the leadoff role tonight. Two hits, one walk, and Connor Joe, who is just absolutely dominating teams right now, uh, also one for three with another walk today. He's gone on base now. Well, actually, I think I need to update. No. Yes. 30 times in 72 plate appearances, I think it is. Or no, I think it still is. 70, or something. Yeah. 30 times in 71 or 72 plate appearances. Uh, he's gotten on base in the month of August. <clears throat> Which one do you want to talk about first? <laughs> I don't know. Let's um, do Cabrian. He let off. Let's do Cabrian Hayes. Okay. So one of the hits, I mean, it's a blooper. It is what it is. Sure. But, sure. You know, good to, I mean, good to get lucky sometimes, but when you hit the ball as hard as he has lately, you're going to get lucky every now and then. He's still doing a really good job of capitalizing on the mistake pitch that I keep saying. He gets one just middle out, and he's able to drive a baseball. It's really, it's as simple as that with him, in my opinion. He's finding the pitches that he's able to drive and probably laying off a lot of the things that his swing just doesn't allow him to hit. So I think it really just comes back to the approach with him. And, of course, that there's obvious some minor swing tweaks. I think he's doing a better job staying on his backside, blah, 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 blah. Things mm -hmm. don't people don't care about. I really just think he's doing an excellent job of finding that pitch that's either breaking off speed or just a fastball that's middle out that he's able to get the bat head on and pull a baseball in the air. It sounds simple, but it's just a little bit more aggressive at the plate and – Having an idea of what you're looking for every time you're up. Because I think if I would venture to guess if we looked at like his hot zones in the last like month, I feel like he all of his hits are like in the same spot for pitches. It's just middle out and up. I want to look into that now. Please do. But I mean not now now, but now I want to look into right. that. Because <laughs> I'm not gonna waste time in the post game to do it. But uh no, that that's certainly fair. And like the first hit he got scorching grounder through through the short and third stop, third baseman, right? The second one, like you talked, it was a bit of a bloop, but hey, you know what? Like those are still hits. Still comes. Um he's he's a man on fire right now. And then of course he drew the walk. So what I think is funny, and speaking of Ryan, he said this in the group chat today too, mm -hmm. which same sentiments. Like he has been absolutely on fire, collecting hits, getting on base for the season. He's at a 93 Way to runs created plus tower. We are talking about 
Cabrian Hayes, who's getting closer and closer to that league average hitter spot. Right. But yet somehow or another still has an on-base percentage under 300. <laughs> he Crazy. has a 299 on-base percentage. Yeah, it was weird. The one day I looked at it, I saw like a 422 slugging percentage. I'm like, Cabrian Hayes is a 422 slugging percentage? Holy crap. <laughs> and with a 422, he has he's under a 300 on base. Right. <laughs> it's just it's just one of those things where like it's just kind of weird. Like his ISO is pretty good right now. <laughs> Uh, a 162. Yeah, that'll play. That'll, that'll play. He's, he does have to either... Well, I mean, the batting average is starting to creep up, but at the end of the day, he does need to walk a little more. Um, but that that's something that I think does come as you can extend this little hot streak and become just a better hitter. Teams aren't going to give you that meatball all the time, and that's where you really grow. And that's where you become a guy that can walk a little more. Yeah. I will take this Cabron Hayes every day of the week right now. And the fact that this is continuing, we were leery, right? Optimistically positive, but we're cautiously optimistic, I should say, right? We're waiting for it to come down. You know, he did this before. It was like, what, an eight game stretch? It's still continuing. Now, none of us are saying Cabron Hayes is fixed. None of us are saying this is Cabron Hayes going forward and he's a good player. But we're still just – I'm just happy it's still going. That's where I'm at. I'm just yeah. happy it's still going. It wasn't a quick eight and outs, and we're back to old Cabrian Hayes. Mm-hmm. It's been a solid enough time frame right now. Absolutely. Like, how long has it been? Like, three, four weeks now? Um, I think just a hair. I think it started on August 8th is like has when. It? Okay. It feels – it's probably just because every time you look at the box score, he's putting up two heads. He has two hits every night, it feels like. Yeah, the the his first game, he went two or four against Atlanta. That's right, the Atlanta series, the big series he went bananas on. So that was August 8th. But again, August 8th to August 25th is in our Brian Hayes world. That's that's a big stretch. It's no, now it really been, uh, yeah, 22 games so far. Yeah, coming I mean, into it today, he had a 168 weight around the career plus in that stretch. So it's only it's, it's above a 170 at this point in time for sure. Yeah, I mean if he can, if he can just continue to, even if he cools off a little bit, finish the year on just an average note. And I'm not saying like making the season look average. Just continue to collect hits here and there, and look the same way for, throughout the rest of the year. I'll be in a good place with Cabrian Hayes. I won't be in a, I'll be in a good enough place because I feel like if he does what you you say, it kind of just goes back to like last year and last year we were, it's good enough. He's a three word player at this rate. I guess he, that's just person where I'm at. I get it. But like, he can't, it's not really possible to continue the pace he's at at this point. No, no. But if he's, he has to be an above average hitter the rest of the year too. Like he can't just convert being to like a hit here and there type of guy. No, I'm just saying like, if from here on out, he finishes at like just average, if he's just average the rest of the way. Okay. I'll feel okay. Like if that's his slump at that point, you can't fall into a, I'm going to use him again. Jack Sawinski's type of slump. Sure. So more or less is once this hot streak ends, say today's the last day of this multi-game hot streak. And like from today going forward, 
He is a league average 100 weighted runs created plus player. You're going into 2024 feeling good. Yeah, I think I'd say I'd feel good. I think that's fair because that's a long enough stretch. You're, you're not going to perform at this rate. Like Brian Hayes, Juan Soto has a tough time performing at this rate an entire mm-hmm. year, though he pretty much does it. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. Just how good he is. But yeah, but like if you have this hot stretch and then you finish out a year at league average for Brian Hayes, I mean, that's almost two months of performing. I think I'm with you. At the end of the day, like is, baseball is the game of peaks and valleys. The valleys just can't get too deep. Right. Like, that was really good. Like our boy, Jack Sawinski, who we're not going to uh, talk about right now. So let's move on to Connor Joe. Mm-hmm. Connor Joe, two-word player, pops the team in OPS, ties with Andrew McCutcheon in, you know, way to run credit plus on the year. Like, Connor Joe... I'm not saying he's that dude, right? But we saw what he was early on in the year, and you're like, hey, you know what? Maybe Connor Joe's pretty solid. And then he was meh. You know, like he wasn't good, but he wasn't like god awful. It wasn't like he was Jack Swinsky awful, right? In that sense. But it's just like, yeah. I Connor love Joe this is post game show just becomes I know. Talk about this player, insult Jack Swinsky, talk about him some more, talk, insult Jack Swinsky. Jack Swinsky's problem. Like his, you talk about peaks no, and I, valleys, and his exactly. peaks are out Mount Everest, and his valleys are literally Death Valley. Like yeah. it's just non existent. That was so one. nice. Gotcha, man. But yeah, so like. Not that Connor Joe went down to that level, but you're looking at him and saying, you know what? I mean, he's still a quality player. He's a quality bench bat. I'll give you some first base outfield. Now he's on fire again. He's got two war. Like he's just quietly been good. Yeah. Thank God they have him, honestly. Because first base would be albatross, albatross right now that part <laughs> plus like he has put together a really good year it's kind of sucks that he's already 30 um he's a guy that i i mean he's under control for a decent bit still but oh yeah through he, he's 20, 27 right but he's he's gonna be on the downside of his career pretty quickly He's just a he's a guy that every team wants to have, I think. That's fair. The level you want him can vary. And I guess that's where I come in because you know he was the talk of Twitter today. I was late on the graphic, but we did talk about last night in the post game. Um this is more of an off-season, to- off-season topic, but just to kind of bring it up and get your, you know, your thought process on this. Of course, right now when he's at his highest of highs, we understand the first base market isn't great. We understand internally there's not a whole lot of options. Do you feel okay with Connor Joe as like that safety net? Like you want to get something better? I guess this is my viewpoint of it, and then you can you can come out with me. I look at Connor Joe is. I don't want to look at him as a starter. I don't want to look at Connor Joe as, look, he's a two-word player. He's got a 118 rate of runs created plus. Like, he is a starter. He's going to get 500 at-bats. 
at first base, right? Alpha, I look at him as more like a safety net. I want better, but having Connor Joe isn't the worst thing in the world. Is that fair? So, yeah. Um, Connor Joe's not a two win player. Like going in, next year, he's not going to be a two win player. His bat's not going to perform at this level. Would I live with him as the everyday first baseman? If I must, sure. You, I think you I have guess... to get you have to get better there next year. As a safety net, though, as you were saying, as a guy that if we go into next year and it's Connor Joe that's going to play first base every day, just pencil him in. It's not like Travis Ishikawa out there going into that year with Andrew Lambeau. Like, it's better than that, I guess. But his value, I think, years. yeah. And his value, I think, comes more from being a bench bat and being able to play the corner outfields, playing first in the pinch, not getting overexposed, and really being able to capitalize against the lefties. So, if you give him a full season's worth of just you're in the lineup every day, it might get ugly. Yeah. So I guess I, I kind of cut you off, but I stopped myself. So I don't want you, I want you to finish your thought. Um, I guess what I look at it more too is I don't want every single day at bats. Like, like I guess more of like kind of what he's doing now. He's kind of like a platoon at first, giving you some corner outfield, like not a true everyday player, but he's also not like a bench bat. He's gonna if he gives you like three fifty to four hundred plate appearances next year, like that's what I look at as like a safety net. Like if you're not if you're not gonna find your true everyday first baseman, maybe you find a lesser platoon guy to have a Connor Joe. You know what I mean? I think that's Connor Joe needs at. to play against a, le- a start. A le- if a lefty's on the mound, Connor Joe needs to start every day wherever it is. Okay. So yeah, three fifty four hundred at bats. I I think that's fair. That's okay. something I think that you live with. And you're pretty happy with it, to be honest with you. And again, I know it's at his highest of highs right now. They're talking mm-hmm. about this, but I think it's it's fair to come up because I don't want to say I fear it, but that's where I'm at. Like, I feel like you want to do better than Connor Joe, but if you can't and you're going to settle, you might find some, some type of platoon and you have Connor Joe giving you 350 to 400 at bats next year. And, and again, I guess I'm okay with it. I'm not so having I, a pitchfork in hand. Yeah. And I think really what I come back to is that we've heard a lot of people talk about these guys that have come up and saying, well, he's a fine fourth outfielder, like a Josh Palacios. Connor Joe is a fourth outfielder. Josh Palacios is not a fourth outfielder. Connor Joe's the fourth outfielder. That's what you want. Thank you. Swinski and Palacios share about a a level of standards on this show, depending on what we're talking yeah. about. But yeah, that that that's fair. And uh, not to get into the Josh Palacios craziness right now, but. For those who keep talking and like, I don't understand why we're having the discussions of Josh Palacios being good. He's, he's bad. Like he's not even below average. He's simply bad. 
But regardless, we'll move on. He can we just like can we touch on the fact that he hit cleanup today and struck out twice and continues to be terrible? And this team loves him for some reason. He's bad people. Let's stop. Sure. I got a complaint. Yeah, he went over four today. He did have an RBI. Granted, it was because it was a poorly hit baseball to second base, and the second baseman poorly threw it to the catcher, and Brian Reynolds luckily scored. Which, by the way, now thinking in hindsight, big run could have been a tied game. Yeah. And I could have finished so watching a high school football game. Thank you, Josh Palacios, for that terrible hit, <laughs> creating a terrible throw. Yeah, thanks, buddy. It's just so dumb. Why is he hitting cleanup on any on no organization in the world? Does, he can go to Japan and not hit cleanup. The KBO he ain't hitting cleanup. He ain't hitting cleanup at AAA. Right. Well, maybe AAA because sometimes I mean somehow or another he's he's a god in AAA. You just can't see it in majors. That's all. He's just your he's your Miguel Anduar. Just can't perform in the major leagues, yeah. but you send him in AAA, and he becomes the Mike Trout of AAA. Yeah, there's a name for that, Quad A. Correct. <laughs> Speaking of your Andrew Lambeau <laughs> comments, right? But uh, yeah, I mean, again, if we want to talk about him, bring him up, right? Josh Palacios now batting 202 on base, 242. His weighted run created plus 62. That means he's 38% worse than league average as a corner outfielder. He's Congrats, everybody that loves Josh Palacios. He's closing in on Austin Hedges' career numbers. So thank you for bringing that up because that's what I talked about today in that tweet. So like those are his season numbers. And for the people who are talking about good, I don't – maybe there's some recency bias. You know, like maybe he – okay, so like the past two weeks he's been hot and that's why people think he's good. He's been worse. He has a 35 weighted runs created plus for the month of August coming into today. So his 0 for 4 day today means it's even worse, which means he's basically on the level of Austin Hedges for the month of August, which is when the Josh Palacios discourse has, I guess, begun and unfortunately hasn't concluded because he's terrible. Yeah. He's bad. Yeah. What are we doing here? But let's move on. We don't need to talk about terrible people. No, we Let's don't. talk about the good people and make it short and sweet. There, there weren't many other good people today. <laughs> right. So the Pirates did only have seven hits today. Uh, as mentioned, two from Hayes, one from Reynolds. He had a, a big hit early on. I mean, Hayes and Reynolds went back-to-back, got two men on. That's how they got the two runs early on. Um, Sawinski did have a hit, Tyler. So he did... He was batting 069 for the month of August, and then he nice. got his hit. It's very nice. nice. On top of that, Alika also got a powerful double. <laughs> I fe- I say that facetiously. Uh, and then the other guy I want to talk about here a little bit is I don't know 31 minutes, but geez. <laughs> Jason Delay. Yeah. If we're talking about 2024 and different stuff, like I know there's Andy, I know there's Henry Davis for whatever he is, but like regardless how this plays out, I just feel more and more comfortable with Jason Delay being a backup. I mean, all things considered, like he's put together a really good year, to be honest with you. 
he's a league average hitter today. Yeah, I mean it's it's Chris Stewart like, where you don't know how he's done it, but singles heavy. Yeah, <laughs> and I I cringe every time I see him in the lineup. All things considered, though, he he really has put together a really good year, and honestly, kudos to Jason Delay because he was very close to being out of baseball, and good for him. I if it's not in the Pirates organization, I. He's earned himself some backup job somewhere, I think, maybe. Or at least as a third catcher in some organization. For sure. That, like, I feel like the Chris Stewart comp is just such a good comparable comp. It's not quite there, but just the, the glove has... was crazy behind the plate. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. The glove has improved, though, for Jason Delay. Like, that's yeah. what I really give him credit for, too. That glove is an asset. The bat, shaky. It's done enough. Again, like Chris Stewart did enough offensively that the glove played as a backup catcher. It wasn't his complete drop-off, and he hurt you by any means. He just he wasn't going to win you games, but he was not going to cost you. And that's what you really want as a backup catcher. You can work the staff and not cost you a game. The actual starting catcher was costing this team games. Like, Jason, I'm sorry, Jason DeLay is the better catcher of the two. Like Jason Austin Delay. Hedges was even, even the best catcher before Endy and Henry came. Yeah. Jason DeLay is like 10 times as valuable as Austin Hedges. So I absolutely like, I am comfortable with Jason DeLay as a backup. I think he has a career for some time. And of course, Robo Umps will kill his value is among a lot of other catchers. But um, yeah, I just want to keep giving him props because he kind of comes through at times. No, he does. Um, at the end of the day, I'm going to look back, I think, fondly on Jason DeLay's Pirates career. And it's you just say it as a... if it's concluding. Oh. I mean, it might be. I feel like it won't. It might not, but either way, like, like Henry Davis stays a catching or done. Yeah. Well, regardless, kudos to Jason Delay at any rate because he somehow has turned himself into a very viable major leaguer. He deserves yeah. to be in the major leagues yep. as a backup catcher. Good for him. Honestly, and that's no slight. Like, good for no. him. Honestly. He was yeah. basically out of baseball. And now we're talking about he has a career. Yeah. So also, kids, be a catcher <laughs> or a lefty reliever. For now. Like, do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. It's 35 minutes. Is there anything else that you want to talk no, about? Let's go. Let's get out of here. I got to scramble in the morning. I got to golf. <laughs> okay so anyways we'll be back tomorrow though uh it is paul skeen's day tomorrow it is so there's that to look forward to the series is tied 1-1 so a win tomorrow could secure at least a split for the pirates uh we'll be back tomorrow though with the post game and a ns9 game day i think for uh paul skeen's so yeah i'm god only know don't judge me tomorrow because like i said i'll be coming home from a scramble 
Well, that's the thing. We talked about it, and now you have a scramble, and I'm, I'm not quite sure what Jim – I don't know. I, I think we have an NS9 game day tomorrow. We do, but I should okay. be home. Starts at like 9 o'clock, so I, I got time. Okay, so tune in, everyone watching, Paul Skeen's game day. Until then, bye-bye. Peace out, Girl Scouts. Hey, you all. Thank you for watching. I know we try to provide the most entertaining content that we can, uh, and we'd love to spread it to as many people as possible. So uh, I know it doesn't seem like a lot, but if you could take the five seconds to like this video and subscribe to the page, it helps out so much more than you know. Thank you, and let's go Bucks.